You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, it's been a couple days since we've last talked. How you doing, buddy? It's good, man. We, we've been airing the pieces of the that interview I did with Daniel, so we, we've had a little little break. So it's nice to kind of get back on the line and check in and, and talk about current Cowboys stuff. Yeah, and if you guys missed that conversation with Daniel Houston at Cowboy Stats, make sure you go back and listen to all three parts of that podcast because it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, just, I honestly think, and I'm not I'm trying not to be biased here, but this is that was one of the best podcasts we've had so far on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. So uh, make sure you go and check that out. Um, all right, let's go ahead and answer some of your guys' Twitter questions. Um, I, I like this first one from Carlos. He said, assuming all 16 games are played, who has more touchdowns in Kellen Moore's offense, Amari Cooper or Ezekiel Elliott? I think this one's very interesting. Uh, Lana, what do you think? I think because this is interesting. Your gut, your gut says like, Elliot, right? Well, I mean, obviously the the gut says Elliot, but here's the thing: like, you know, if you if you if you take all the pieces involved, like, how much, uh, how many touchdowns is is Dak gonna rob from from Zeke, you know, rushing wise? Because five that, or six, I, I think that's, that's that's the number every year, five or yeah, six. Yeah, and I think that that's you know that's a thing that happens. So. How ma- Let me Zeke? ask you this really quick, Landon. Yeah. How many touchdowns has did Zeke score last year without looking? You know. I, it, it's not a lot, so I'm gonna guess. Was it seven? Nine. How many nine. did he score okay. the previous season? I think it was less. It was six, right? It was nine. What was it nine? Okay. Is so he, he done? That, has, has he done nine each year? Well, the first year was a little bit more, but the la- over the last two years, you're looking at you know nine about nine to ten touchdowns. Okay, so you know, I, I think, I think it's tough, man. I think I think Cooper could easily have a good year, and and suddenly he has more touchdowns than. I mean, the the, the X factor here is actually Dak, who's not even mentioned in this question, right? Because mm-hmm. he's going to be taking away some of the rushing touchdowns, and he's also going to be adding to the Cooper passing touchdowns. I I, I I'm going to say Dak. I mean, uh, uh, Zeke. But I'm definitely less, uh, uh, you know, this is obviously, obviously the first year with 16 games, but I'm definitely less confident than it than I would be, uh, I, I, I guess that I would assume that I would be. It's sure. not as obvious a question as it, it, it initially appears. All right, so this is going to sound really weird, but just hear me out. Okay. I feel like... Elliot's floor is higher. Like it's a pretty safe bet. Elliot's going to get somewhere between sure, seven and yeah. nine touchdowns, right? Uh, yeah. I also feel like Elliot has the higher season or a higher potential, the higher uh, the ceiling, right? I think there's a chance he gets to seventeen touchdowns like he did his rookie year. But sure. I I almost feel like it, it's more of a lock that that Amari gets ten to eleven touchdowns than it is 
Zeke gets 10 to 11. Does that make sense? It, I, I think, I know. Uh, yes, it does. Because what you're saying is that you think that Zeke's, um, if Zeke had an amazing MVP year, he could have a crazy high number of touchdowns. Right. If Amari Cooper had a crazy MVP year, which is less likely, uh, he could have probably just under that same number of, right. of what Zeke could, right? But it is more likely that Cooper would have a volatility good year than right. it is that Zeke would have that level of a volatility good year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, like if you simulate the season a thousand times, yes. I think it's more likely that Amari gets to 11 touchdowns than multiple Zeke gets times to than, than right. as opposed to Zeke, who may have the highest number one of those seasons. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I think, think I think it's that close. It'll be it's close. That, yeah. And okay. they're tied together, so it makes it tough. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it, again, it, Prescott's the X factor because it very easily could see him stealing six to eight touchdowns once again from Elliott. Um, let's go ahead and move on to another question. Uh, this one comes from Fake Stephen Jones. Mm. Uh, why is it exactly is Byron Jones likely not to be re-signed? What did I miss? I like this question because there's kind of the the assumption out there that uh, of the players that are going to get squeezed, Byron Jones is it. Uh, do you think that is the case, Landon? I think it depends on what his number is, you know? Like, if he goes out and is asking for... I mean, I, I, that's, I think the, the other thing is that we're, we're, we're probably due for a cornerback reset on the market, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like the market is kind of all over the place for corners. And so... Um, and, and there's not a Darrell Revis in the league anymore, you know? There's not... Richard Sherman is not really Richard Sherman anymore, you know, um, the even, guy to watch out for is Jalen Ramsey, right? Even Jalen Ramsey, though, is I, I feel like he's going to come in and ask for a whole crazy amount of money, you know. And I think he he could reset the market on the top end. But I also wonder if, with all, I mean, look at I mean, just look at the drafts these last few years. There's been so many high quality but not elite level cornerbacks coming into the league, right? Right. And to and to me that reminds me of the running back market which mm-hmm. is not good for people that want to get paid, I feel like. And and I'm not saying that they, they, these guys aren't going to get paid. I'm just saying like this could be a place where the Cowboys feel like they can't afford to both pay an elite corner and an elite running back because these are positions where they feel like they can save money by either drafting or signing a, a re- reasonably decent guy to be your. You know, I mean, the problem is that you got to play four of these guys no matter what, like a, a pretty decent amount of snaps, right? Right. So I feel like it's probably a better and you know cheaper and better strategy to have four solid guys than one great guy. One okay guy, and then two uh, barely should be on an NFL team. Guys. Well, it, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like it depends on the level of cornerback. Even if you're saying it also elite, depends there's on different, the scheme there's different levels of elite, right? Yeah, because if yeah. you have a Darrell Revis who can completely take away a number one receiver, I don't mind having just an okay number two corner because you can put a safety over there to kind of take out that player. But if we're talking about, let's go with the elite cornerbacks in today's market. I think like Casey Hayward is considered an elite cornerback in t- today's NFL. Is Casey Hayward worth $18, $19 million a year? I, I don't know. Um, I think I think one of the other things that I think is important to mention is Byron's obviously up for a contract here soon. And they, everybody just says, pay him now before Jalen Ramsey gets paid or before William Jackson gets paid. 
I don't think there's any rush for Byron to go out there and sign a cheap deal knowing that the market's going to be reset here, what, less than a year from now. I think Byron's fine waiting it out, seeing how he plays this year, what the Cowboys defense looks like. Uh, so I don't think there's any rush from the Cowboys or from uh, Byron Jones's camp to, to get a deal done right now. I also think that there is something to be said. I mean, everyone's been talking about... Uh, not everyone, but I, I've heard a lot of national media people talking about how the Cowboys have all of these players up for contract and they don't really know what their coaching situation is You know, the next year. Sure. I honestly feel like this is one of the positions where this is one of the contract decisions that I actually think is is determined by that. Oh, absolutely, because Cause if Richard's not here next year, you probably aren't paying Byron Jones that money, though, right? Yeah, I mean, because I think that Byron Jones is a good player in multiple schemes, and I think he has value outside of just this scheme. But I also think that this scheme is what makes him elite, and if he's Absolutely. playing elite, you're paying him elite. So sure. I, I, unless you're getting a way to optimize the player to the level that you're paying him at, uh, I would be real careful. I, I just think that there's there's a lot of circumstance around Byron's contract that makes it a lot more dicey a, a deal to automatically just sign away. Right, I agree. And I don't I, – I, this is one of the cases where I would love to see the Cowboys re-sign Byron, but I am perfectly okay letting him play it out because um, second year as a full-time cornerback, he did struggle a little bit in the second half of the, year, of the year. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't as good as he was in the first eight games. I mean, he uh, was injured. But, you know, yeah, and, that, and that's what I was gonna say. He was injured, yeah. and that's another thing that you want to see. Can he come back that's this true. year yeah. and be a hundred percent healthy? Because it doesn't sound like we're gonna see very much of Byron Jones at least early in training camp. So I'm interested to see how healthy he is early in camp. Uh, hasn't missed a game through his career. I feel pretty confident that he'll be there in week one. But I want to see how effective he is. Um, let's go ahead and move on to another question. This one comes from Jared. What is Joe Looney's long-term outlook? Obviously, Frederick is back, but does he remain with the team past this year, or did he play himself into a new contract with a new team? I like this question, Landon. What do you think about Joe Looney's future in the NFL? I don't know. You know, it's interesting because I think that he, if he has aspirations for being a starter in the league and, and going Which out and should. making— well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if that's what he wants, then I think that he could be a very valuable trade piece a little bit later in the offseason if once you kind of confirm that Travis Frederick is back. I mean, right, I think right. if you if you like what you've got in McGovern, uh, and if you think that he can play a little bit of center for you, and then if you like some of these other guys, you guys, I mean, they have Redmond's still on the team, right? I think, and and mm-hmm. so. I think they liked him a lot, and I liked what I saw from him last year. And, and McGovern was playing a little bit of center. And in McGovern, yeah, in like I yep. said, swing, in, swing inside guy. Uh, you know, I think that they ha- they're in an opportunity where they could get some value out of what they got last year out of him, you know? And, 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 and for him, he could turn that uh, into a really interesting uh, uh, you know, career for him. Whether the Cowboys flip him for a player or flip him for a, a – uh, you know, another uh, draft pick or whatever. I, I think that you know, there's opportunity based on his game tape. I think uh, for him to go somewhere, maybe for a on a cheap deal. Maybe uh, they flip him and he signs a nice long deal. I, I I don't know, but I think I think for the Cowboys side of it, um, you know, they can either hold on to him and 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 you know get another year out of him, and and then you know I, I think he's got. 
I could be wrong, but I think he's got a, a, this year. Does he have another year after this? Or no, he's is got, he free- he, this is his last year. But that's, okay. it's, it's, it's important because if, let's say, Frederick does go down and he plays well again this year, you're going to get a comp pick for him. Yeah. So if you're going to trade him, it's got to be worth more than a, what, fifth or sixth round pick plus a year of having him on your roster, right? I don't yes. see any scenario where they give him away for a sixth or seventh round pick, right? No, I would say that it, it would need to be, yeah, like a fourth or third round pick, right? Or a right. player of equivalent value, a starter potentially at like at strong safety position. or something. Yep. Yeah, so... Well, even um, there, that's a, that's a, strong safety is another spot. You think about what kind of player would they need to get for a starting caliber center in the NFL because there's not... There's not many quality linemen, especially once we get to September when we've had injuries. You're going to need to get back a pretty good strong safety well, in order to give up Looney. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the kind of player I would be talking about would be like a Carl Joseph. I'm not saying that's, that that's Carl name, yeah. Joseph is the name because I don't know if they need a guard or center or whatever. I'm just saying like a young talented high draft pick who maybe it didn't work out or is a bad fit or something that the Cowboys think that could be a good fit in our spot like or somebody who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year like yeah Joseph. exactly I, a young it, player though you know it, like it, it, it's funny that you mentioned Joseph because I was actually watching him yesterday uh he would fit perfect as an in-the-box safety for this team uh, he was also somebody that the Cowboys rated really highly in the 2016 draft. So obviously, there's fans of they're in that front office. There are people that love Joseph coming out of school. Um, uh, uh, Joseph is probably not going to start for Oakland this year because they drafted a safety in the first round. They paid Lamarcus Joyner. I would just keep an eye on Carl Joseph as we get into middle of August and right before the season. Just just throwing that out there. I mean, again, and this is exactly the kind of reason why the Cowboys don't go out and draft a strong safety. Because, look, I mean, it, once you get past the initial top-level talent of strong safeties uh, you know, in the draft, everything after that is eminently gettable at any point in the the. the Training camp, oh, off-season yeah, markets. There, there are other. Carl Joseph is just a name I pulled out of my butt, and and you you happen to cover the Raiders, so you have a you know good idea of, of what's going on there. But I, I guarantee you, there are other guy other guys, probably similar in mold that the Cowboys could trade for or could get through off the street if he gets cut because of a new rookie that came in. You know, there's there's lots of these guys that could be available that are. Maybe upgrades, but of equivalent value than what you will be drafting at strong safety in the second round or the third round. I mean, right. those, even those guys, the, the the talent level is already kind of leveled off. Yeah, it's just funny that you mentioned Joseph because that is somebody who certainly is available. We'll just put it that way. He is available if you can make the right offer. Um, let's yeah. go ahead and move on to this question from Vinny. I like this one. You guys had some good questions this week. Uh, do the Cowboys have a triple crown receiver on their roster? Meaning, will they have Ooh. one player that leads the team in catches, yards, and touchdowns? Or do you think it will be split up? Uh, this is fun because last year, Cole Beasley led the team in uh, catches. I believe it was uh, Amari Cooper who led them in yards. And I think it was Michael Gallup who led them in touchdowns. Or maybe I think it was Amari that led him in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think the Cowboys have one of those receivers on their roster this year? Yeah, I mean, I think Cooper is that guy. Um, you know, I think that they're going to make an, an, a concerted effort to get value out of Cooper. And I, I, I mean, I don't know that it, I'm not guaranteeing that it's happening. It's not a certainty that it's happening, but I definitely think that they have a guy 
who has the capability of doing that for sure. They're about to pay him a whole bunch of money. I have a feeling that they're going to want to get value out of that. And so, you know, one of the things that is exciting about talking about uh, more and what he brings to the offense is the opportunity to try to get guys like Cooper moving around a little bit more and, and doing stuff to, more to get open. Uh, to provide opportunity for him because he's so talented, and and when mm-hmm. when you have a a, a skill set, a, a trump card uh, in your skills that is uh, route based, route running based, you can do that from almost anywhere on the field and have success. So uh, sure. yeah, I mean I think that that will lead to catches and yards if 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 he he ends up becoming a more high volume player, and then I think touchdowns, uh, I think touchdowns is he's he's the obvious choice there unless. Oh, see, I disagree know, there. Really? I, I actually, yeah, Amari has never been a great red zone receiver, uh, and we saw flashes at the end of the season and that Michael yeah, Gallup. I don't, think, is that, I don't know that the red zone is. Uh, I, I mean, you could be right, but I think if you talk about receiving touchdowns, who's going right, to right. have more receiving touchdowns than he will? Oh, I think it's Gallup. I think Gallup. I, I would put Gallup as a favorite because I think Amari is going to have to score a lot of his touchdowns. It, from longer distance. It's kind of like what we saw last year where he has the 45-yard ones or the 75-yard one against the, the Eagles. I think those can sometimes be a little fluky where I think Gallup is going to get a lot of the red zone opportunities, meaning I think his I, – I, I just see a scenario, a likely scenario where Gallup is catching seven to nine touchdowns next year, huh. uh, maybe ten touchdowns in the red zone. I, I, I just – I. I feel like he's going to get the most opportunities. We saw it in the Rams game. We saw it in the Seattle game. Uh, the Cowboys obviously want to go to Gallup there. He's got a little I, bit more size. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets there. I feel like all those red zone targets are, are going to get eaten up by Jason Witt. And then so suddenly we, we then, go, you're going to sp- we, then you're going to get a three-way split between those guys, and then I think all the rest of the touchdowns go to Cooper, and that's why he leads. Okay. I, I, it, it won't I be could be wrong, desert. but let's see. No, I mean, no, you, 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 you bring up a good point. I, it certainly, it's not going to be like a Des Bryant type of thing. No, where no, 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 no. Des is getting, or you know, one receiver is getting 15, 16 oh, touchdowns a year. He's getting eighty-five percent of all the red zone targets. Yeah, yeah I don't no, see that. I don't see that either. All right, next question comes from Steve. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about the multiple looks of the offense, but what about the flexibility of the defense? I don't think there's an offensive grouping they can't match up with in the entire league. Do you agree with that, uh, Landon? Do you think the Cowboys have the personnel on defense to kind of match up with 12 personnel, 11, 10, all those different kind of unique uh, lineups that we could see? I mean, I still have questions about if a team decided to load up in 22 personnel and run the ball on us full-time. I mean, I, I mean that's not really modern NFL football, but... If I mean, uh, I you know we've done a lot of things to fix this team. How much better is this team right now at stopping a run that's being, you know, going down their throat? I that's what I I don't know. Like you know, like I I would say, and I'm not saying that that's a big deal. I I agree the pass is more you know deadly, and I that, that you should be tending your defense more towards stopping the pass than the run. And I think so you know, basically that, you're saying like if they matched up with Baltimore, you'd you'd worry a little bit that they wouldn't be able to play that style of football. See, maybe not Baltimore, but like let's say, let's say the Bengals came to town, and you've got to deal with Joe Mixon between the tackles. Right? Oh, I got a better one. How about okay. Tennessee? Okay, sure. Yeah, 
Exactly. Well, I mean, exactly. Like, I, and I think that you know that kind of happened he, last year. Yeah, and, and that's I guess my point. And and if you look at some of the other teams that are tough like that, let's talk about the Colts. Mm. Andrew Luck didn't beat this team. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't Andrew Luck who, who who put all those points on the board. I mean, it was, but I mean, it wasn't because of Andrew Luck. This team got run over in the middle of the defense. So that's the that's the concern I still have is the you know I think they've increased I think they've gotten a lot better on defense I, and I think we will see that come to fruition in training camp and I, look this is a team full of young players all who love to work hard all who are extremely talented there's no way that they haven't taken a step right right where I what what, what my question is have they taken a step in that area specifically? How much better does the addition of Covington give you stoutness in the middle? How much better does a healthy Antoine Woods with another year in the offseason help you in the middle of the field? How much better does uh, uh, Jalen Smith get in the in the middle of the field? You know, that little middle part of the field. And then, you know, I think a guy like Jeff Heath, we need to see someone – like uh, a Loka step up and play box safety because he's a more solid tackler. That that is really the one type of game that if some team really wanted to come at Dallas and run the football and they were determined, like if Dallas, got, let's say Dallas's offense got really good and, and everything started play, working with more and this mm-hmm. offense and they start scoring a lot of points. I, I think this team would would have a hard time if a team like last year's Dallas team came at them, That's right? Because yep. I think that 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 kind of offense would it would tire out this defense. It would make it difficult to rotate at times, which would t- even further tire out the defense. They would be able to possess the ball for long periods of time, and it would cause us to have to come out and be more efficient with our possessions. Uh, you know, look, there's a reason that the Cowboys play that kind of offense. It puts a lot of pressure on opposing offenses. And if this defense cannot stop runs in the middle of the, the defense, it, you know, it could produce a lot of long days for the Cowboys. So my follow-up question for you, Landon, is what's holding them back from being a team that can stop heavy power runs between the tackles? Is it another? Is it a better one technique? Should they have went out and tried to get somebody like a Damon Harrison last year? Uh, is it just Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch becoming more physical at the point of attack? What do you think it is that's kind of holding this team back from being able to, to play that kind of smash-mouth style of defense? Well, I think it will be – what it will be is – and again, I'm not concerned that the talent is there. It's more just right now it's an unknown. They've done okay. some things there. They've added a guy in Covington who I think uh, is going to help – very much help the rotation at the very least because I think he's starting – starter level one technique so at the very least now you've got two starter level nose techniques so that that right there is going to help then on top of that i really do think a guy like antoine woods i think guys like jalen smith i think even the young uh, younger tackles that are on the roster and then healthy malik collins and then i do think that eventually you're going to get some help from a guy like tristan hill along these lines but that's just not necessarily immediately what he was brought in to do right i think that this is a this is a uh, a problem that is trending in the right direction heavily. The question right. is more where is it at this point because we have no knowledge of, of we we have we're guessing. So I'm just saying that if it if it if it hasn't trended as much as we've hoped, and we get to this regular season and they they haven't made adjustments, th- this could be an area. Uh, this could be a, a type of team that could give Dallas problems if they have not shored up this part of their game. 
yeah, remember at the end of last season, Malik Collins wasn't healthy. Antoine Woods was battling a shoulder issue. They just didn't have a lot of depth in the interior of their defensive line. Obviously, David Irving never came back, and he was holding up a roster spot. Uh, they do have more depth now. They should be in a better position. And again, we talked about it, Joe Looney. If the Cowboys have injuries there, they feel like they need to get a little bit bigger and beefier in the defensive line, maybe they flip Joe Looney for, for a you know a player there. Just something to consider. All right, our last question really quickly, Landon. Uh, Jared wants to know, what is the ceiling of Leighton Van Der Esch in year two? Is it possible to see two all-pro linebackers on the same team? Uh, I, I think Van Der Esch is going to be significantly better, assuming he's healthy. He's had a groin injury over the last uh, few months. Um, but I think full-time Van Der Esch on the field, we saw last year, when he was having to rotate in, he was, wasn't the same player. When he got all the snaps, he kind of found his groove. Uh, I think Van Der Esch is one of these guys, too who just hasn't played a lot. He needs the experience. So entering yeah. year two, I think you're going to see a pretty big jump, uh, probably especially in the run game. What do you think about Lan uh, Van Der Esch in year two? Well, I think, you know, just kind of speaking about the linebackers real quick, one of the interesting things that that conversation we, I had with Daniel kind of produced was uh, we talked about playmaking EPA, defensive playmaking mm -hmm. EPA. Jalen Smith is a freaking ridiculous playmaker in the NFL. Oh, he's, yeah, he might even be the best linebacker in terms of making plays. Period. Like, yes. and, and, but, but what I will say is, and I think that this is a great endorsement for playmaking EPA, I think that that is not... At, I think that Leighton is going to be the guy who gets a lot more of the more traditional accolades, because I think what he does on the field is a lot more um, palatable for people that are looking at linebackers, right? He's mm -hmm. a run-and-hit guy. He's going to make all the tackles. He's going to make plays in coverage. He's going to knock the ball down. What Jalen Smith is doing, like, he's destroying blocking schemes. They're right. using – they're using – It's. I was trying to come up with a nickname for the two of them but based on how they're used – and it's and and the and I don't know the the terminology for any of, any of it, but like the visual I get like with the combination of them, is like, is like a, a sculptor, right? When he's trying to sculpt, uh, you know, the Mike Michelangelo from like a a piece oh, of like solid a, a marble, right? Jalen is the hammer. Right, mm -hmm. like he's the one who knocks all the rock loose, like and and then it's it's Leighton who's sweeping it up and making it pretty. You know what I'm saying? It's, he's getting he's, he recognizes immediately where the chips are falling off, and he finds the crevices and he cleans it all up. Right, right. And he's and he, and he nothing gets away from him because he's got long arms and he and he and no one can escape. But it's it's them throwing Jalen Smith at your blocking scheme, whether it's as a blitzer, whether it's as a guy who is blowing up guards. In the in the run game, uh, you know, whenever he is coming forward, it's bad news for the for the opposing offense, and and Layton is taking advantage of the panic that ensues. Yeah, it's probably going to be one of those things where on a Monday morning. Uh, you'll see me gif about eight plays of Leighton Van Der Esch making you know, a nice tackle or a nice mm -hmm. playing coverage, but it'll be Jalen who's actually but, probably the more impactful yeah. player. But then Wednesday when we, when we have all 22, we're going to yeah. be like, look what Jalen did to this guard. Yeah, oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah. That's probably the best way to, to, to kind of frame it for everybody. Uh, if you I'm really watch, excited about those two. Yeah, you go and watch them, and, and like that's really what's happening is that you know it's Jalen is being just a freak of nature, destroying stuff, and then – 
and then like things get kebobbled and it's like a mass of humanity and you think he's going to escape and as soon as like the running back like squirts out there's Leighton Vander Esch. He's right there, and he's yeah. making the tackle, and it's over. It's like and, and there, there's a lot of that, it felt like. And there's going to inevitably be eight or ten plays throughout the season where Sean Lee is the one who just diagnoses things so much faster than those two yeah. uh, and is in the backfield before those guys can even think about getting there. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching those guys this year. I'm really excited. Uh, that Me is too. it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. 